Yeah, yeah. What? It's the future. I love to be with the future. Tough. I like to start on time. I'm a minute late. Next Thursday night, if there's a shear, it'll be about Megillates there. Next Thursday night, as an exception, it'll be about Megillates there, but Megillates there comes up every year. So it's hard to ignore. Okay. The first pasuk in the book of Vayikra says, Vayikra Moshe Ve'edaber Hashem Elav so everybody understands. Everybody understands that this pasuk, uh, there's something that's not obvious about it, even though its content is very limited. Vayikra el Moshe means, and he Vayikra el Moshe, and he called to Moshe. Of course, the understanding is that it's Hashem. Hashem called to Moshe. Vayidaber Hashem elav. And Hashem spoke to him. May Ohel Moed Lemor. Now last week we talked about this idea of May Ohel Moed. Like where was Moshe Rabbeinu standing when HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to him May Ohel Moed. Right? Because the Pasuk at the end of the parish of Pekudei says Lo Yachol Moshe. That Moshe Rabbeinu somehow was not able to go into the Ohel Moed. So, uh, we saw that there are different uh, ways of understanding this contradiction between Lo Yachol Moshe and that HaKadosh Baruch the other Pesach of Bamidbar says that God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu Mibain HaKruvim. And Mibain HaKruvim, the cherubs were on the kaparet which covered the Aron, which was in the Kodesh Kadashim, right? Chad, Gad, Yah. So, so you understand in order that Moshe Rabbeinu should be having a conversation with God, Mibain Hakruvim, so it sounds like he was, he, Moshe Rabbeinu, was in the Mishkan. So how could he be not in the Mishkan and also in the Mishkan at the same time? So we saw there were different theories about how this might have been. Either that the cloud, the Anan, that represented God moved up a little bit and Moshe Rabbeinu could come in, or that there was room uh, somehow in the Kodesh Kodashim where the cloud uh, was not found. Right? You know, there were the Badim, if you remember, Badim of the Aron HaKodesh that created a space pushed against the Parochet. The Parochet divided up the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodashim, and the Badim were too big to fit into the space of the Aaron Kodesh, so they pushed out at the, this the Nitziv explains at some length, pushed out the parochet, the curtain that separated the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim, and then that created a, like an extra space in the Kodesh Kodeshim, and that extra space was where Moshe Rabbeinu stood when he spoke to HaKodesh Baruch Hu. So that somehow Lo Yechol Moshe Moshe couldn't go into the place that the Anan was found. But Moshe could go into that place where the Anan was not found. Right? So that's a way of resolving this contradiction. Uh, 
But contradiction aside, contradiction aside, there's no doubt that the relationship between Moshe Rabbeinu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu during this transfer of information and the information that was transferred was the Torah. Right? God taught Moshe Rabbeinu the Torah. Then Moshe Rabbeinu taught the Torah to B'nai Yisrael. So this transfer of information, this transfer of information and exactly where Moshe, how Moshe Rabbeinu stood before God is an interesting, it's an interesting question. And you know, I see this. You know that, that uh, when Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah at the end of Mishpatim, when Moshe Rabbeinu went up into the Anan, so Rashi says that somehow a space was made. A space was made for Moshe Rabbeinu to go to the Anan because really Moshe Rabbeinu can't go into the Anan either. He can't go into where God is. That would, that would represent, we would say, like theologically, that would re- represent a neutralization of the spaces of God and man. Everybody knows that that can't be. Like, even if you don't, not interested in philosophy, but how could man, man can stand before God, but man can't be in the same place as God, because God is God, and man is man. And there's something about that that doesn't jive. So even Moshe Rabbeinu, when he went up on Har Sinai, into the cloud which is God, Right, not only the Anan, but the Kavod that's in the Anan. Even then, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't really go. In. He could go in more than anybody else, but he couldn't like just be the same. Even though uh, the Torah says that that Moshe Rabbeinu was kind of quasi-human when he was up on Har Sinai, right? Because it says that for forty days and forty nights he didn't eat, he didn't sleep. So that's not regular, right? That's not regular. It could be that there's someone who could do that, but not regular. So that means man like an angel, right? Man like an angel. Angels don't have to eat, and angels don't have to sleep. They just sometimes look like they're human, but they're not. They're not human, and since they're not human, since the angels are not human, they, they're closer to God. Their achievement is lesser. I just saw there's a, there's a famous chapter in the Nefesh Chaim, famous chapter in the Nefesh Chaim, where the Nefesh Chaim brings down the, that he, he relates the fact that there's a machloket rishonim about who's greater. Are the angels greater? Or is man greater? Man slash woman, right? I don't have to keep saying that, do I? Angels or women or men? <laughs> Who wins? Who wins in this competition? So, so the Rebbe Shechayim says, well, they both win. Some ways angels are greater and some way uh, created man and woman are greater. Angels are greater because they get it perfectly. When God tells an angel to do something, the angel does it. And the angel doesn't have any doubt about what he's supposed to do. When man gets a directive, let's say we received a directive, Lo tivaru eish b'kol moshvotechem b'yom ha-shabbat. Right? 
So we don't know. An incandescent bulb, a fluorescent bulb, a fire, or moving a fire. Like we, and, and if we look carefully at all these things, they're the subject of a machloket. What is a machloket? What is a machloket? A machloket is a reflection of imperfect knowledge. Because if we understood it, there would never be a machloket. And even though the halacha is a resolution of the machloket, but it's a, it's a necessary resolution. It's sort of like, what can you do? You have to do, you have to either do it or not do it. You can't tell everybody to figure it out on their own. So, on the one hand, the angels are greater than man because the angels understand what God wants. On the other hand, man is greater than the angels because they have to work it out. They have to figure it out. They have to take another step. And that's a, that's a sign of a certain kind of greatness that is appreciated in heaven. So there you have it. Background to this first pasuk in Vayikra. And the first pasuk says, Vayikra el Moshe. Right? So God called to Moshe. He spoke to him. Now everybody knows that the Torah is full of psukim that are on the form Vayedaber Hashem El Moshe Lemor. Full of those psukim. But this pasuk says Vayikra El Moshe. What's Vayikra El Moshe? Hashem that I, I, I don't understand exactly the physical part of it. Like where was Moshe standing? Where was God speaking? And all of that. But what is, why do you have to say Vayikra El Moshe? And this is even without <coughs> noticing the little Aleph. Right? But now that we, I mentioned it, you can notice it. That little Aleph that you see on the, on the sheet is a little aleph that appears in the Sefer Torah. So when you lean, when, when you, on Shabbos morning, when you take out the Sefer Torah and you look at Vayikra, that's how it's written, in the Sefer Torah. So, like, certainly you would all agree that it's odd. Right? It's not something that happens often. But it happens in this word. It happens in this word. Now let's look at Rashi. <coughs> So every time it says Vayedaber, every time it says Vayomer, every time it says Vayetzav, all those words in Hebrew in the Torah, Kadmakriya. So before that, before God speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu, Kadmakriya. First God called Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay? Why? Rashi says, Lashon Chiba. Lashon Chiba. What is, so I don't know what Chiba is. I mean, I know what the word might mean. Like, um, love? Is that a word? Is that a, what? Affection. Affection. Okay. Is there a difference? Okay, so I'll accept that. We'll say affection. We'll say affection. Affection is like not as exciting as love, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a difference, but I just don't like have clarity about what it is. But Vayikra El Moshe, what is Lashon Kiba? When Rashi says Lashon Kiba, it means it doesn't have content. Vayikra El Moshe does not address itself to the content, to what is about to be said. What addresses itself to what is about to be said? The rest of the, the second part of the positive, that's That's the content. Vayikra is not content. Vayikra is optional. Vayikra el Moshe l'shon chiba. L'shon shebalachei asharet v'shtam shimbo. Nu. What does that mean? L'shon shebalachei asharet v'shtam shimbo. There's a posuk. V'kara zel zeva ma. Right? We say it every day. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. V'kara zel zeva ma. Kadosh, kadosh. What is that? What is Rashi saying? What is Rashi saying? Chiba is not just extra. Affection, affection, is noticing something. It's like it's like it has a content, not in terms of the of the of the of what God is about to say to Moshe Rabbeinu, but it has a content in as far as the relationship between God and Moshe Rabbeinu. And what is that relationship? What is the relationship between God and Moshe Rabbeinu according to according to Rashi? They're like angels. Moshe Rabbeinu is like an angel. That's what Rashi says. Rashi says, you see, l'shon shibo. It's the language of the angels. What are the angels, as we just explained before? But that they have perfect understanding. What is Mo- that's chiba? Well, you could talk to somebody and they understand what you're saying. I mean, you have every reason to be uh, like to be affectionate. That's great. You find someone who understands what you're saying. Oof, that's the greatest thing. So what is a malach? A malach is someone who understands perfectly. So Vayikra el Moshe, according to Rashi, means God expressed affection for Moshe Rabbeinu who understood what God was about to say, just like Malachim understand what God was about to say. And how do the Chachobim say that? That Moshe Rabbeinu was on the level of the 50, the 50 Sharei Bino, right? The 49, the 50, he was as high as you could get, right? He was as under, even though the people who received the Torah from Moshe Rabbeinu were not like that. They didn't receive the Torah as Moshe Rabbeinu received it, but they received a little bit less, right? A little bit less. But when when uh, when Hakadosh Baruch Hu spoke to Nevi'e, the prophets of the other nations, it was uh, he calls it lashon arai is something that's temporary, something that's not fixed. And that's Vayikar from the word Mikre. It's sort of like an accident. But here Rashi, in Advento, Rashi doesn't say it, but what is Rashi explaining to us? What is Rashi explaining? 
explained the little Aleph. You see that little Aleph Vayikra? Now, the little Aleph, I don't know exactly what the little Aleph means, but let's say the little Aleph means that you should read the word without the little. There's a hidden remez there. There's something that you should note. Right? And what should you note? That there's an, a word in the word. Like if, if you t- erase the Aleph, not erase, but if you take away the Aleph in your mind, so what do you have left? You have the word Vaikar, which is the way God appeared to non-Jewish prophets. So Rashi, even though Rashi doesn't say that there was a little Aleph, but we, we have no reason to think that there wasn't a little Aleph. Right? We have no re- I mean, why should it? Uh, even though uh, this is not always true, right? I'm not, what I'm saying now is not always true, I'll say it anyway. That, uh, after all, Rashi was only a thousand years ago. And that means the Torah was around 2,000 years when Rashi came along. So there's every reason to think that the way every Sefer Torah is written today with that little Aleph, that was also true for Rashi. But Rashi doesn't mention it. Rashi just sort of answers the question. If there's some, somebody asked him, how come there's little Aleph? So he answered it. But he didn't tell us the question. So that's what Rashi says about this Pasuk. Let's look at the Rashbam. You see the Rashbam? These words, Hilchot Mu'abot Yeshbo, is about the, the book of Vayikra. V'itbonenu chachamim v'peirushay skeni. They should look at my grandfather's commentary. It's Rashi. Ki lo arich elabim komot sh'yesh l'faresh because uh, I'm not going to in other words the Rajbam here claims that he's an extension of Rashi that you, you don't just learn the Rajbam you learn Rashi and the Rajbam because uh, the Rajbam assumed that you knew what Rashi said Rashi, uh, Rajbam assumed that you know what Rashi said so Rajbam says this and, oh, and then he also says that where does he extend, where does he add on to Rashi, where he, where he feels that there's another pshat, there's a possible pshat that Rashi has overlooked or has not shared with us. That's the Rashbam. And I told you that the Rashbam explains this at length at the beginning of his Perush to the parish of Vayeshev, where Rashi went to, where the Rashbam went to the Rashi and asked him, whether he could write a commentary, whether, you know, might be seen as chutzpah or un, uh, unreasonable. So he went to ask Rashi. This is what he says. I went to ask my grandfather Rashi whether I could write a perush on, uh, on the Chumash after he wrote a perush of the Chumash. And Rashi gave him permission. And there, the nusach that the Rashbam uses is the fiyah pshatim mitchachim b'kol yom. Right, because he says every day there are new interpretations that are circulating in the field. The Balea Tosafot, right, the Rashbam was one of the Balea Tosafot, who are the descendants of Rashi in the main. 
and they uh, they were very interested in pshat in the chumash. They were interested in pshat in the chumash as a uh, like you see in Spain. I mean, I can't say this, uh, but you know, the people who wrote commentaries on the Gemara didn't necessarily write a commentary on the on Tanakh or on the Chumash. And vice versa, the people who wrote commentaries on the Tanakh didn't write commentaries on the Gemara. But in, in Ashkenaz, uh, the Baliatosos, the same people wrote on the Gemara, like Rashi and the Rashbam and, and the Baliatosos. They wrote on the Gemara and they wrote about, about the Psukim as well. So here's Vayikra El Moshe. The Fishik Mala. Since, as I told you, at the end of the parasha Pekudei, the Pasuk says, Moshe. Moshe could not go into or to Oel Moed because the Anan covered the Oel Moed. And so God called him from within Oel Moed. In other words, according to the Rashbam, the Pasuk Velo Yechol Moshe just meant that Moshe Rabbeinu could not go into the Oel Moed whenever he wished. But if God called him, he could go into the Oel Moed. V'chein, the Kachira HaKadosh Baruch Hu, V'tel Oel Moed. V'chein Perusha Mikra, V'ikra El Moshe, May Oel Moed Vaidaber Elav Lemor. May Ohel, May Ohel, the word Ohel Musav Al Vayikra. Kimo Vayikra Elav Hashem Minahar Lemor. Just like it says by at Har Sinai, when Moshe Rabbeinu is supposed to go up to Har Sinai, that God called to him from the, from the Har. And here Vayikra El Moshe means that God called him from Ohel Moed. Vayishmata kol midabei lav me'al ha-kaporet. Me'al ha-kaporet. Al ha-kaporet again, right there, the kruvim, the kaporet, and the aron. So that the voice came out from in between the kruvim on top of the kaporet. The kaporet shamata kol. Avkan min ha-oel shamata kol. So vayikra el Moshe. God called to Moshe from the Ohel. And so Moshe Rabbeinu heard the voice of God coming out of the Ohel, coming out of the, 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 the Mishkan, what we call the Mishkan. Similarly. Okay. So we have this, we have some ideas that are connected to this Pasuk. One idea has to do with Chiba. The other idea has to do with Malachim, with angels. Another idea has to do with the fact that if Moshe Rabbeinu calls, if, if God calls to Moshe Rabbeinu, he can go, even though if God doesn't call Moshe Rabbeinu, he can't go. So we see all of these, all of these ideas. All these ideas. There's one more idea. And this one more idea is in the Gemara in Yuma. You see Masechet Yuma, Davdalet Omed Bet, towards the bottom of the page. Omar Mar. Mar is uh, an Amora. Vaikra Moshe. Moshe ve Yisrael Omdin. 
according to him, even though Vayikra El Moshe, but everybody's there. Everybody's there listening to what happened. In other words, the first statement is Omar Mars and Amora. And that quotes a Tana, right? Rabbi Elazar. So that just like by Har Sinai, all the people were standing there waiting to get the Torah, even though Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mountain, here also by Oel Moed, according to the Gemara, all the people are standing they know that God is going to give the Torah to, to Moshe Rabbeinu. So the so the Posuk says, Vaikral Moshe. Why do they say Vaikral Moshe? Everybody was there. The Posuk should have said Vaikra El Ab Yisrael or Kol Kahal Yisrael or something like that. There's no Vaikral Moshe. So the Gemara says the Chalek, this is according to the Amorai Rabbi Eliezer, the Chalek called the Moshe Rabbeinu. Because if Moshe Rabbeinu was the only one who heard, Vaikral Moshe, so that's there's no kavod, that's, he's designated. He's the designated listener. But if everybody was there, and the Pasuk says, Vayikral Moshe, so that's kavod. It's as though to say, it's true that, uh, that God was addressing Am Yisrael, but he wouldn't have done it if not for Moshe Rabbeinu. Like we needed Moshe Rabbeinu, so that's kavod, kavod for Moshe Rabbeinu. V'lo ba'katuv elen chalek lo kavod Moshe. May uh, Tevei means uh, like a kasha from a brighter. Right? There's some kind of a, of, of a contradiction or a, a, a problem. Kol lo, kol elav. It, it, it says, this, it's hard to know exactly what this means, but kol lo means, does the word, is the word lo written in the Pasuk? No, no, the word Elav uh, is written in the, in the Pasuk, right? So, Vaykrav Moshe, Vaykrav, Elav, Elav. Moshe, Shama, Vikol Yisrael, Lo Shamu. So, Vaykrav El Moshe means everybody. But Vaydabeh Hashem Elav means only to him. Only to him. That's, that's, uh, Moshe Shama Bekol Yisrael Lo Shamu Lo Kasha. So he says. So you see that uh, that this seems to contradict. Before we said that everybody heard, and now we say that only Moshe Rabbeinu heard. Lo Kasha Abesinai Abo That at Sinai everybody heard, but in the Ol Moed not everybody heard. There's a difference between Vayikra and Vayidaber. So here in this Gemara, here in this Gemara, there's a, like a kind of a distinction. You know that the Ramban says that the Mishkan represented somehow Matan Torah. That because after all, the Torah was given to Bnei Yisrael through the Mishkan. Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the Mishkan, went, went to receive the Torah, and then he taught it to Bnei Yisrael which was exactly the same, was imitation of, of Har Sinai. 
Because on Har a very small amount of Torah was taught to Bnei Yisrael. Whereas afterwards, during the 38 years in the desert, a lot of Torah was taught to Bnei Yisrael. Okay. So now let's look. And we have these ideas. We have these ideas. Let's see what the May Shilach has to say. Well, the... Well, you'll look at the Rambam yourself. I mean, there's a pasuk in Yeshayahu. You see the bottom of the first page? Just the pasuk. You see that pasuk? Which means, before they call, let's say it has to do with davening which is what uh, most of the Mephoshim say. Terem yikra'u If the people deserve God's attention, then he will give them the attention even before they, they daven, before they ask for it. Terem yikra'u medabrim They haven't started davening yet. They're still talking about what they should do. Vaniyashma. So that, that as... Uh, I, as you, you 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 understand that that um, the, the, there is a, an idea there is an idea that is connected to uh, the way the Kabbalists understand things, and that is that people do the mitzvot and exhibit yirat shamayim. They they in themselves they they place themselves before God. Then really they in some way are in control of their fate and destiny. That mitzvot are not just a way of pleasing God, but by doing the mitzvot, by doing what you're supposed to do, by having the right attitude of Yirat Shamayim, you're able, that itself is a demand on heaven. You don't have to say a demand. Don't say, and God... Uh, I'd like the stock portfolio to go up a few points. You don't have to say that. You, have to say, you just have to be a person that will find favor in the eyes of heaven, so to speak. And then you will be answered. You don't have to say the prayer. You don't have to say the prayer. So sometimes I like that idea. Because I don't like the, the fact that today every grave and every story and everything that ever happened to anybody is being sold as a skula. You know what a skula is? You know that word, skula? A skula is a shortcut. It, it, it says, oh, you're not so good. You don't do what you're supposed to do. You're not filled with Yirat Shemayim. So here, eat some garlic, jump up and down, drive 300 kilometers to some unknown grave in some shrubbery that was just discovered, you know, yesterday. And then everything will be right. So a skula is a shortcut. The long cut, the long is to be the person that you're supposed to be. But if you are the person that you're supposed to be, then it's not the prayer that is answered. It's the person who is answered. And the Kabbalistic idea, I mean, 
I don't mean Kabbalistic, that doesn't appear also with non-Kabbalists, but it's very prominent in Kabbalistic writings that, that if you are who you should be, if you are who you should be, that, that, then you certainly be answered by God. That's why Hasidut, in Hasidut they were very taken, I mean if you could speak about Hasidut, you know today everything is sliced up like a salami, you know, this kind, that kind, the other kind, but Hasidut were very, very taken up by tmimut, by, by emunat mima, by kind of pure faith. Uh, pure, pure faith didn't belong to very clever people, necessarily. There was no connection between the faith that you exhibited or the yirat shamayim that you had and your ability to remember pages of Gemara. Right? There was no, no uh, connection. And sometimes a child could exhibit great faith. The Lamed Vav Tzadikim, this idea that there are 36 righteous people who are hidden. What do you mean they're hidden? Where, where are they hiding exactly? Do you know? Well, they're hiding right here in this room. So how are they hiding? Well, we think that they're like everybody else. That's how they're hiding. It's not that we don't know them. We know them. But we just don't recognize that they are tzaddikim. And the reason we don't recognize that they are tzaddikim is because we are not well developed in that area. So I see another person, I see a regular person. Because I don't have the capacity. Like you need a Geiger counter to discover uranium. You don't have a Geiger counter. You're not going to find it. You're going to be dirt. You walk on dirt. The same thing in people's, there's this idea. This is not an idea that you find in literature yeshivas, but it is an idea that you find amongst people who think about these things. That there are people of great faith, who are hidden from us because we don't recognize them. To us, they look like shoemakers and, and carpenters. And they look like regular people. They look like it takes special insight. So you see that, that this idea that a regular person, like you don't have to dress a certain way or walk a certain way or have an entourage in a certain way to be a remarkable person. Now that's, that's an idea. So this is what the Pasuk in Yeshayahu says. Terem yikro so let's see what the Meshilach says. You know who the Meshilach is, so I don't want to tell you. Right, you got it? That's the Pasuk in Yeshayahu that we've just been talking about. Machar, Shashem Ma Inyan so yes, Akasha. Since the Pesach says that God answers, why do we ask? You don't have to ask. Because if you deserve it, you'll get it. If you stand before God, filled with Yirat Shomayim, so you'll get whatever you deserve to get. So why should we ask? Achia Kriya Hainu Chuka Vitsi Puri that Vayikra El Moshe, that's Tshuka, Tshuka is desire. 
And Sipuri is litzpot, to, to, uh, to yearn for something. To yearn for something. Vuhu amaro terem yikra'u vani ene. What does that mean? Terem shiavo belev hamiachel Hashem. Shum cheshek lidaber. Az oneu to Hashem yidbarach. Vuhu shemivaer belibo kol amidot vikol minei chashakot lishum davar sheba olam. Vau yidei zeh. So, the Pasuk in Yeshayahu says, Terem yikra'u va'ani e'ene. What do I e'ene? What does God answer? So he says, he says, Kriya, Kriya is chuka. Vitsipui and Terem Yikra'u Ani Ene. Before they call, Hainu Terem Shiavobalevi Michel Hashem Shum Cheshek Ledavar. Before you even have any desire for anything in this world, before you you feel that you need something, he says, As Ana Oto Hashem Yitbarach. God already turns and gives him an answer. And that's because he's able to um, empty his heart of all desires. And he doesn't, doesn't feel any need for anything that he could get in this world. And because of that, or in that way, so, what is Vayikra? What is Vayikra? That's Akriya Hainu Chuka Vitsipui. Vayikra, Vayikra El Moshe, that God came to Moshe Rabbeinu because he created a space in his heart for HaKadosh Baruch He came to HaKadosh Baruch with no other desire. There was nothing that he wanted. That's why Yikra El Moshe. So the Meishilor says, Vaidaber Hashem love Because Vayikra El Moshe, because Moshe was Moshe, God could speak to him. And God could pour the Torah into him. And he says, Vachakach, Yuchalikabel Bilibot Shuka, Vikovebilti Lashem Levado, Az Odhemidabrim Vane Eshma. Vizen Yana Yakan Kishinigmar Amishkan. Ukti Velo Yachol Moshe Lavol Al Moed. Remember the end of Pekudei? That Moshe Rede could not come into the old Moed. Az. Chashav Moshe b'da'ato Sha'ad ata aya esek shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu im Yisrael b'divrei Torah V'az aya hua nivchal l'kabel ha-Torah l'abdal Yisrael V'ata patach Hashem yitvar b'davach hadash L'asok im Yisrael Right? Davach hadash. What's the davach hadash? The Mishkan 
the korbanot, and then v'lazeh Aaronu anivchar. Moshe Rabbeinu knew that he was the one who was going to bring the Torah to B'nai Yisrael, but now there's a Beit HaMikdash, there's a Mishkan. Maybe Aaron is taking the place of Moshe Rabbeinu. Uvimeta yada Moshe Rabbeinu to Adayil Aaron. He thought well of Aaron. Ach ma'od shakak ledevar Hashem. V'haya yoshev mitzapesh yishmad v'ashem. And he was hoping, against hope, that he would hear the word of God. V'zehu. so, I think that the Meishi Loch explains two things. First of all, he explains about, he tells you something about asking for God. And he says, he says you don't have to ask God for anything. You have to just be prepared to accept God. And if you are prepared to accept God, then God will come in and take care of whatever has to be taken care of. That's what he says. The second thing that he says, the second thing that he says, that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was in a difficult position. Moshe Rabbeinu was center stage. He went up Har Sinai to get the Torah. He was the person who was, he was the person who was the intermediary between God and B'nai Yisrael. And suddenly, his function was taken away from him by Aaron. Aaron became the Kohen Gadol. And Aaron became the one in charge of the Beit HaMikdash and the one in charge of the, uh, of the Korbanot. So Moshe Rabbeinu hoped, hoped that somehow the relationship that he had with HaKadosh Baruch would, would continue. So that's Vayikra El Moshe. Vayikra El Moshe means that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to create the Vayikra El Moshe. Lo Yachol Moshe, Vayikra El Moshe. On the one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't go into, Arsene, into the old Moed. On the other hand, Moshe Rabbeinu knew how to create a situation in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu would enter, enter his, his soul and continue to teach him, to teach him the Torah. So, uh, if you look at four lines before the end of this section, by Kral Moshe V'Ol Mo'ed, Hainu, Achar Shelo Hayalo L'Shum Cheshek, לשום דבר, אשר גם שמו מורה על זה, כי מן המים משיסיהו, אין מים, היינו חשק כמבואר. And this is explained in a short uh, uh, section in the Beit Yaakov. Beit Yaakov was the son of the Meshilach. He was the son of the Meshilach. You don't have that on the sheet, but, but he says, Vayikra el Moshe, just listen to the words, Kriya, 
that desire, kriya is desire. the Umoshe hamuchenet Moshe Rabbeinu was a kli, he said, which was able to absorb the kriya. And what's the kriya? What's the kriya? It's it's God's answer. It's God's answer, and Moshe Rabbeinu was able to demand that answer. He's exactly the same words as his father. Kishmo more alav. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu was given the name Moshe because he came out of the water, because he just was like born of, of nothing. There was no cheshek. Moshe Rabbeinu was not the result of desire. Moshe Rabbeinu was born in the water, and he just came out of the, he just came out of the water. So Vayikrael Moshe, Vayikrael Moshe means that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was standing, able to demand Vayikrael Moshe. Even though Moshe Rabbeinu thought that he would not be able to be the one to receive the Torah, in fact, he was able uh, to receive the Torah. So, let me just... Uh, let me just try to review. Okay? Ma, Rashi says, Rashi says, Cheshek, that Vayikral Moshe had something to do with the Malochim, the language of the Malochim, Vakara Ze'el the Omar. And therefore, that's Lashon Chiba and Cheshek. That's what the, uh, that's what the Meshiloch said. However, Rashi didn't explain to us what the nature of this chiba, what the nature of this love was. Where did it come from? Okay, God loves Moshe Rabbeinu, God loves Am Yisrael. What's the, what is the nature of this chiba? This the Meshiloach explains to us that Moshe Rabbeinu was desirous of continuing his position as receiving, receiving the word of God. And so that's all he wanted. There was nothing else inside of him. He had no desire. He stood before God, totally emptied of any kind of interest or desire. And because he stood before God in that way, he was able, he was able to produce Vayikra el Moshe. It was an extraordinary event. It wasn't something that was planned. It was something that was beyond, and it was way beyond because the second half of the Pasuk is a functional thing. It's Moshe Rabbeinu. He had to speak the words of the Torah to Bnei Yisrael so that Moshe turns out to be turns out to be of great significance. The little Aleph, the little Aleph teaches us that there's a difference between the Navi of Yisrael, that God turns to, so to speak, and the Nevi HaGoyim, who is Mikre, an accident, an accidental conversation that God had with Bilam, for example. But what does that have to do with us? 
What does that have to do with us? Well, what it has to do with us is that Moshe Rabbeinu, in his way, demanded God's attention. He did not say, God, give me attention. But he stood there with tremendous faith and said, all I want, all I need, all I'm interested in is Vayikra el Moshe, and that's what happened. And that's not something that the Nevi Umota Ulam that the Nevi'e Umota Olam can generate. So if you want to understand, well, Beholzot, what's the difference? How come God spoke to Bilam and God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu? And, and what's the difference? What's the difference? God speaks. Ah, the difference is what generates the speaking. If God spoke to Bilam, or when God spoke to Bilam, it was for a particular purpose. There was a purpose. God wanted to show something, wanted to teach something, wanted people to understand something that, that, that Bilam was, uh, well, even though he was a prophet, was not exactly the kind of prophet we're interested in. But Vayikra el Moshe doesn't mean that God wanted to speak to Moshe Rabbeinu about something. But it might mean, it means, according to the Meshiloach, that Moshe was able to demand that God fill him with divine material. That's Vayikra el Moshe. It's a separate story, according to the Meshiloch. It stands by itself. And it's a continuation of Lo Yachol Moshe. That Moshe Rabbeinu fought against the Lo Yachol Moshe. And just like on Har Sinai, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to receive the direct uh, 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 prophecy of God's Torah, so too Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to continue that in the same way as it took place at Har Sinai. Vayikra'el Moshe, it was exactly the same. Because Vayidaber Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu and Moshe Lemor means, okay, the information was transferred from God to Moshe Rabbeinu, but maybe the experience was different. Vayikra'el Moshe, Vayikra'el Moshe, the experience demanded by Moshe Rabbeinu was given to him at the beginning of Ayikra, as Vaishilog says that even though Aaron Akohen had achieved a certain priority rights on the uh, on the service of the temple, so to speak, uh, there was no problem. There was no problem for uh, um, for Moshe Rabbeinu to retain his position as the uh, as the voice of God. The, uh, the one who understood what God wanted for, uh, from us. As I said, next Thursday night, we're going to learn Megillah's Esther. Have a good Shabbos. There's no minion, right? I should turn it off, right? Hit the middle. Record now. Recording. What do I do? It's still recording. Oh, see, it's still recording.